Hello and welcome to the Delicious Brainwaves podcast. I'm your host today, Jonathan Bossinger, and today I'm joined by Ian Paulson. Hello, Ian. Hey, Jonathan. Yeah, it's nice to be here again. I'm doing well, thank you. How are you doing? Awesome. Yeah, I can't complain, man. It's it's that weird time of year for me where we're going from summer into winter and you folks on the Northern Hemisphere are going from winter into summer. So we're both wearing hoodies for a change. <laughs> yeah, I'm sat here freezing. The the uh, heating is not on due to energy hike prices, price hikes. Oh, so yeah, I'm, I'm freezing, but yeah, it's good to it's good to be here. What are we talking about today? Yeah, yeah. Today we're talking about WordCamps, um, and I just wanted to mention before we get started that it's been almost a year since we recorded a podcast together. So it's nice to nice to chat to you about things again. Um, today we're kind of going going off from the very sort of developer focused, or maybe not developer focused um, podcast we've been we've been doing for the last few times. Today we're talking about WordCamps. Um, it's been it's been maybe two years now since most of us have been to a, to a real in-person WordCamp. Uh, so I thought it might be interesting for us to kind of look at the concept of WordCamps. You know, remember how good, bad, okay, amazing, whatever they were, um, and kind of and kind of chat about it. Um, but before we do that, um, I wanted to find out from you if you had seen any of the new features on SpinUp WP lately. Yes, I had actually. Uh... It's so funny with SpinUp WP because we obviously work in the overall team of Delicious Brains, which has the SpinUp WP team in it. So I don't, I know what kind of is happening, but I don't really know what's happening day to day. But then as a SpinUp user, things get released. I get the emails and I kind of get things dropped on me and think, oh, yes, nice. Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing for me that's sort of come recently is, and this is weird because I'm not a dark mode fan. Like I don't use dark mode in any of my apps. I maybe PHP Storm just for the code, but I'm you know I'm certainly not a dark mode fan. But the the fact that I'm using SpinUp from a personal perspective, like I use it on side projects, and I use SpinUp, I have an account with Delicious Brains because we obviously manage our own stuff on there. I'm I'm using dark mode to like differentiate almost between stuff. Um, and dark mode is it actually looks really nice. Like I think props to lewis our designer mm. for that because it is it does look really tasty and just switching between light and dark uh, and knowing that i'm in dark mode so i'm on the delicious brains team here like don't start deleting servers don't start <laughs> doing stuff you know it's just kind of a nice uh, reminder but the account switch has changed as well recently as well mm. so it's now in the um in the main where is it let me just refresh my memory it was in the top bar on its own but now if you drop down on your little avatar then you can do switch accounts and that's just nice to keep that kind of out of the way but makes it super easy to know where you are um so yeah yeah dark mode surprisingly dark mode is my favorite recently awesome i'm, I'm actually on the same boat as you as the whole dark mode thing i've actually written a blog post about when i switched back from from dark mode in my PHP Storm Editor back to light mode and there's some you know reasons behind it and all of that but when when we release dark mode i think out of all of the features that that I'd seen, you know, as, as the writer in the team, I'm generally reviewing most of the stuff going out. Um, it was one that I was kind of like, okay, I understand why this exists, but I'm not too excited about it. I like I like your idea of using it as a differentiator between which accounts you're working on or which sites you're working on. I almost feel like there's another feature request there, uh, the ability to set different colors. Um, this might be giving away a little bit of a, a trade secret, but I know we internally are using a different color in the WordPress admin bar when we're working on local or staging or whatever. And it's really cool to have have those colors. So maybe we could give that as an idea to, to Lewis. Um, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to mention is, I don't know whether you've you've seen this, but 
internally the team's been working on the spin-up WP CLI, uh, which is which is currently stable and we're going to be launching it really soon. But I'm really you know excited and chuffed with that. So the ability to just run commands from my command, you know me, I'm a huge command line guy. Um, you know, I get I get that email that reminds me I need to reboot my server, and then I just open up my command line, run a single command, and my server's rebooted. Uh, so yeah. that that's been really cool and, and fun to play with. You know, you got that, you got the SDK, the ability to control everything from all these different places is is quite amazing. Yeah, I I definitely seen Ash talking about the CLI on Twitter, and mm. yeah, I, I knew it wasn't in public public release, but it's it's stable and it, it's usable, and I yeah, I'm looking forward to getting to grips with that because I. I do seem to set up quite a few sites nowadays, like side project sites, and I've got mm. like a local, um, a local script to provision my local site uh, from. You know, like the composer spin up skeleton mm. Mm. Um, repo. So just you know, composer create project, get that. The the local script creates a database and it provisions sort of the things that i want to happen on that wordpress site based on the way i do all my sites so plugins mm. a theme and all that stuff and that's great and it gets me set up locally and i can start doing stuff but as soon as i then want to go and put it live i'm using the spin up in the you mm. know in the app in the ui uh and i'm looking forward to getting into the C- the spin up cli and connecting those things so i can just mm. sort of deploy as part of another command locally and it just goes and either provisions a server or and then puts the site on an existing server or a new one and it will do the deploy and it will set up push to deploy it will set up the git repo all of that stuff that just seems dreamy to me because then i'm you know side project idea to live site on spin up in the matter of a command uh, you know a a set of commands locally then the only thing that takes time is picking the domain yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, thinking of a name, but yeah, thinking no, I'm super name. excited for the CLI as well. Awesome, awesome, cool. Uh, well, well, now that we've now that we've paid the bills, uh, let's let's move on to why we're here. Uh, we're talking we're talking WordCamps. Um, so I, I've I've probably shared my WordCamp story publicly a few times. I'll get into it in a second, but I'd like to hear from you, Ian. What was what was your first WordCamp experience? Where was it? What was it like? Uh, what did you think when you when you walked out there? Yeah, I think I've definitely probably talked about it or written about it before because it was quite a, quite a good one. I, I'd moved to London in 2011, and and I was I was not. I think I've talked about this on a podcast as well. I was not working in WordPress at that point. I was I was a contractor in in, the bank. in IT, yeah, in banking. Doing I was working for a trading company actually at the time, Coffee Trader, but it was SQL. It was .NET. I was I hadn't touched WordPress in a professional capacity. It was only just outside of it doing you know friends and friends and family type websites and then when i made the move to being like trying to do more stuff from my plugins in in 2013 wordcamp london came up on the agenda for, sort of must have been in the summertime so it was wordcamp london 2013 which to me seemed you know it's quite a big wordcamp for you know, capital city there's a lot of lot of um, effort put into it but i didn't really know anyone so but i thought do you know what i I feel like I should, I want to be part of the community. Like I was becoming part of it from developing plugins and, you know, getting into into the whole WordPress thing from that side. So I thought this that was a next a next step. Um, so yeah, it was it was good. I rocked up and didn't really know anyone. I think I knew one person that I'd met at a local meetup 
maybe like a month before. So it's kind of nice to not be totally on my own, but I was still pretty, um, not not introverted, but it was just hard. You know, you go to a room and a, a massive hall of people who some people know each other. They're already in the community. They're, they're working for companies who know other companies. And you just kind of, mm. you have that, uh, not in a bad way, but have people have existing relationships. And if you stand there, you know, just as a fresh newbie to WordPress, you just feel it's it's daunting. Um, but I went and enjoyed it. Was I think it was a two track conference. Uh, I sat and tried to do as many talks as possible because I think I initially thought that that's what that's what I should do. That's what I should like try and absorb all this information. So just sat there pretty much all day in in the talks, um, which was good. Like. I, th- I think I saw a really good talk on debugging WordPress from Mario Peshev uh, mm. that stuck with me at the time because I was really, you know, I was starting career as a WordPress developer, like a plugin developer, and I was trying to be a better developer. So I, it, that was quite good to understand, you know, how other seasoned developers were debugging. Uh, uh, yeah, it was also a really awesome conference because Mike Little was there. So the co- oh. co-founder of WordPress, uh, Manchester-based um, in the UK, developer and yeah just wordpress royalty really so that was kind of like that was an awesome first word camp to go to um but yeah it was i think yeah overall it was good it didn't make me think i don't want to do this again it it, there was little bits of it that i really enjoyed um i think the biggest takeaway for me was the fact that actually it's potentially a networking event more Mm -hmm. than a um, but but also not in a really forced like American networking sense or something. It was more just like actually you can just meet some really cool people here and you don't quite know what comes out of those meetings. Um, and my biggest thing, which I'm sure I have spoken about, is I sat next to a guy during a talk. I think it was during Mario's talk, and um, I was checking the football scores <laughs> at the time because it was a Saturday. So I was just checking what was happening in in the English football uh, league. And the guy next to me sort of leaned in and went, what's, what's the Liverpool score? So I told him. And it was an American guy sitting in the UK asking me about a, an English football team. Uh, and nice. it turned out it, it was uh, Kevin Stover from Ninja Forms, who was okay. living in Liverpool at the time, but from Tennessee. Uh, and he was in Liverpool doing like a PhD or a master's or something in something very non-technical, not non-IT. Um, but he was living in Liverpool, so he was a, become, by proxy, a Liverpool fan. And we just got talking, which is really b- bizarre. Um, he was actually wearing a Liverpool scarf as well. And I was like, <laughs> what is going on here? Um, but we but we ended up just chatting, and they were, Ninja Forms was just starting out. They had, uh, you know, they were, they were growing well. They were doing things. They were um, having people build plugins and add-ons for their form plug-in um and yeah we we kind of started a friendship that has continued to today and it's been you know like nice from a personal point of view but it was good from like a business relationship because i built then went on to build add-ons for them and had like a long-standing relationship with the team um so yeah i think if i look back at my first word camp it, it was definitely beneficial in that in that sense and you know kind of lifelong friendship because of it and um you know that type of sort of professional networking, but in a mm. in a casual sense. Um, mm. I'm, glad, about you? I'm, yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that story because I remember now that one of my first 
sort of real interactions with you was helping me figure out a problem with one of the Ninja Forms add-ons that you'd written. Um, I was working as a codable developer at the time and I was building something for a client and, and I couldn't figure something out. And, and I can't remember the exact process, but I think it was sending somebody an email and then I got a response from you and I'm like, Hey, what's Ian doing replying to me here? And then, and then we go into the conversation. Yeah. It's, it's a weird, isn't it? Cause it's sort of third party developers that, you know, it, it's similar to like easy digital downloads where yeah. you've got the core plugin and you've got loads of different developers who are building things for it and then they'll end up helping the development and support and stuff yeah and i've definitely got that from a few people where they've just gone what's, what's <laughs> it? where's this coming from me and what like where is he like how many places is he at this point in time but yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure you've managed to like multiplicity yourself and there's like five of you cruising around and there's, yeah. one, there's one really dumb one sitting somewhere and <laughs> you see multiplicity no, I haven't, but I know the oh, Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah, you must watch it; it's really good. Uh, yes. Quick multiplicity plug there. This is this is not going to become a movie podcast, I promise. Um, <laughs> so, so my first word camping experience was kind of kind of similar to yours um, in the fact that I'd been using WordPress as a blogging platform for a number of years already, but didn't really get into the development side of things. I was a programmer first, and then became a PHP developer. Um, and so all of my work was either building frameworks in PHP or working with existing frameworks or writing, you know, um, applications from scratch. And the company that I was contracting for at the time were, they had a CMS that they'd written practically for as long as WordPress has been around. So when WordPress first launched as a blogging platform in South Africa, this country had started building their own content management system because Back then, WordPress was just a blogging platform. You couldn't do pages. You couldn't do all this other stuff. So nothing existed to, to manage content. And they got to a point where they realized that while the content management system made sense for certain types of projects, they were getting a lot more of what you and I would probably call brochure sites or marketing sites, where folks just need a home page, an about page, a contact us page, a couple of, a couple of maybe white pages or whatever. And it's very simple. And it's much easier and quicker to get that out with WordPress. Um, so because I was the only developer in the team who had any WordPress experience, the fact that I blogged with it, I became the sort of de facto WordPress guy. So if they had questions about WordPress, they came and asked me, I went online and Google searched and then replied with a, with a response nice. as you do. Yeah. <laughs> and my whole development career, that is in a nutshell. <laughs> exactly. Well, I know WordPress, Google, Google, Google. Yeah. Um, so, so then what happened was I'd known about Word, WordCamp for a couple of years before that. And it was a kind of thing where being at that stage, I'd, I'd, I was working as a freelancer, as I say, I was contracting for this company. So having extra cash to go to conferences and, and take the time off was, was never really available. But the WordCamp came up that year, it was 2015. And I said to them, well, seeing as we are doing more WordPress work, it would probably be a good idea for us to get to know the local WordPress community. Uh, so I would like to take a team, myself, the marketing manager, and our front-end developer, because uh, we were always working together on, on these WordPress projects. I'd like to take them with to this WordCamp and, and so we can get to know folks. Um, and that was that was purely my my reasoning behind it. We're doing more WordPress work, so so let's, you know, let's let's get involved in the community. I got to the WordCamp. Um, I didn't know it at the time, but it was just around the time, in fact. I think Automatic had just acquired um, uh, WooThemes and WooCommerce, um, and and the organizer was a was a was a WooCommerce slash WooThemes employee, and so he had managed to he wasn't there in person, but he had managed to contact Matt and get Matt to record a greeting 
uh, for everybody at WordCamp. And, and he got him to, to greet in one of the local African languages as well, which oh, wow. was really cool. You know, so you nice. got Matt, this like Southern American saying like Salborna or whatever it was. Um, and, and, and so I thought, Hey, this is pretty cool. You know, like the, the, uh, your situation as well, you know, one of the co-founders of WordPress is, and also the CEO of this big company is recording this message for the WordCamp. And then because I was a developer, I went to the developer trucks. Um, and what, what, what WordCamp Cape Town was doing back then was having a, a two day event, um, not on the weekend because Cape Townians are very precious about their weekends. Uh, <laughs> if you organize a WordCamp in Cape Town on the weekend, people are not going to come. Um, so, so it was a Thursday, Friday, and the Thursday was two tracks. There was a sort of more of a builder focused track and then more of a programmer developer focused track. And then on the Friday, there was a single track and it was more sort of just talks and keynotes and that kind of thing. And everybody was together in one room. Now, what worked nicely about that is, is you could go to the developer tracks and focus on all the coding stuff. And then on the Friday, be together with everybody in the same space. <clears throat> but what really struck me was we had folks and, and, and the timing of it was amazing because, because of the acquisition. Um, and Hugh, knowing people in the community, he convinced folks like Drew Jaynes, Pippin Williamson from EDD, uh, Jenny Wong, um, Justin Saints, and a whole bunch of well-known WordPress folks to come down to Cape Town for this work. Oh, so we no had like five or six like well-known American and you know UK-based WordPress folks. And because they all knew each other as well, they've all worked together in the community. Um, my first memory is of Drew doing a talk about... Um, using uh, WP query uh, to, to create custom queries. And he got stuck at some point. He couldn't remember it. And Jenny piped up from the back of the hall where she was sitting, the answer. And he just mm -hmm. smiled at her and then he went on from there. And you could see they kind of had this built up camaraderie of helping each other and, 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 and not like Drew didn't feel like he couldn't reach out to the community and ask for help, even though he was this, you know, high level, well-known person. And I came from a background where it was that almost, um, I'm a developer, I'm amazing, I don't ask for help. You know, that that kind of bro, de bro developer mentality. Yeah. So to see that for me was like, wow, you know, these people are all working together to try and do something amazing and all helping each other out. Um, and then and then I remember there was there was somebody that I knew there from outside of, of WordPress, but he was also in development. And, and he said to me, are you going to the next talk? It was the one after lunch, I think it was. And I said, I guess, who's, who's speaking? He's like, no, P Pippin Williams is speaking. I'm like, who's that? Because I didn't know. And he's like, you don't know who Pippin is. And, it, you know, you could see on his face, like Pippin was somebody important. You know, I should, I should go to his talk. Um, and obviously went to the talk and, and then, you know, got to know who Pippin was. And he was speaking about backwards compatibility and all of that. Um, and anyway, so that was, that was day one. Day two, we're all in this room together. Questions are being asked, whatever. I had a question for one of the one of the speakers, and unfortunately, he didn't have an answer for me. So the the talk finishes, and we get up for for lunch break, and this person taps my shoulder, and I turn around, and it's Pippin, hmm. and he says, "The question that you asked, this is the answer." Da -da -da -da, and he gives me the response, and I'm like, "Wow, you know, I've never met this person in my life. He is he is in you know WordPress royalty, if you will, but he's happy to just go up to some some person that he doesn't know and help them and be helpful." So that for me was my introduction to the, the way the WordPress community works. And coming from that non-helpful background, I worked out of that WordCamp. And this is, this is not a word of a lie. I said, I want to be involved in this. This is what I want to do now. Um, I want to I move away from where I, what I've been doing and trying to, trying to you know, work with the stuff I've been working with. I want to be involved in this community because 
these people are my kind of people. You know, I've always been the kind of person that I help as much as I can where I can. And now I'm finding other people who are like that. So for me, that whole community experience um, was was amazing. And that's why, you know, um, whenever somebody says to me, do you like WordCamps? I'm like, yes, they're amazing. <laughs> Have you not met me? I love them. <laughs> yeah. uh, I am. I mean, my, my bio on WordPress.org was I went to WordCamp, but it changed my life. <laughs> yeah. But, but the, hearing that story, I, you know, I'm not surprised that you got that because that sounded like a bumper word camp, like the amount of people that were there. And it, it's, I was just thinking when you were saying, obviously, there is a massive South African contingent in WordPress in, mm. you know, as you said, the, was it two of the three uh, WooCommerce slash WooThemes founders were our South African, yep. yeah, AD, AD and Mark. AD and um, Mark, yep. And so, you know, to, and and Hugh is was it Hugh that started the the plugin, the podcast plugin that now yeah. turned into Hugh developed the podcast off. plugins, uh, seriously simple podcasting. He, so this is the thing for me is that WordCamp sparked everything else from there because, yeah. and, and that's why I said to you before we recorded this, I can't speak badly about WordCamps because going to that WordCamp, I met Hugh because I went up to him. I'm the kind of guy if if I like something, I'll go up to the organizer and I'll say thank you because because I know that they've put in a lot of time and effort to make this thing happen. So I went up to him afterwards and I just said, look, I just want to say thank you for organizing this WordCamp. At that time, I didn't know that he was doing this from a volunteer point of view. I thought he was getting paid to do this. Yeah. Um, then he and I started conversing. I joined the local WordPress Cape, uh, South Africa Slack. I, I went and did some research, discovered there was a meetup. I contacted him and I said, because in Cape Town, you've got the southern suburbs and the northern suburbs, and then you've got the Cape Town CBD. And they're about half an hour from where I stay in the, in the, in the northern suburbs, about half an hour to CBD. So going to meetups is a bit of a schlep. So I said to him, I'd like to organize something on my side of the world. And he said, well, why don't you come through to one of, one of the local ones and then we can chat. And then I got involved in, in organizing meetups. Then the next year I offered to, I, I submitted a talk to the next WordCamp. And purely based on all of that, when, when Hugh sold Serious Simple Podcasting and Craig said to him, do you know of any developers who could help me build this. He said, yes, I do. I know this guy called Jonathan. And he and he's the, that's the only name he gave Craig. So so that WordCamp was pivotal to the rest of my entire journey to lead me to where I am today. Yeah. Yeah, that I mean that is that's so important, isn't it? And perhaps if I think about my London 2013, it is probably the same because I don't think I would have applied for the job at Delicious Brains or, you know, started working with Brad if I hadn't have sort of felt like the community was the place you wanted to be in you know um that's yeah that's an awesome story (laughs) (laughs) so now that we've spoken about what's amazing about it we do need to address a bit of an elephant in the room and there are some downsides to a WordCamp. you you mentioned one earlier and, and i do agree with it that that thing of you're going for the first time i was lucky i had people that were coming with me from from where i was working so we'd organized to meet up so i had people you know that i knew um, I tend to plan things like that. I don't like to go to events alone. I'm just, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm way too, too introverted like that. But so, so, so for yourself as, as somebody who was, you know, deciding what, what did you have to kind of do to almost prepare yourself? What do you feel like the WordCamp could have maybe done better to help you feel less, less stressed, less nervous? Yeah, I don't know. I think WordCamp London was, I don't think it did anything specifically to sort of help that situation for people 
Um, I think most people are obviously very friendly, but obviously when you go there and you're on your own and you are not an extroverted character that can just go up to people and rock up and go, hi, I'm Ian. Nice to meet you. Like, that's not me. Like, I will happily talk a lot to people I know, but mm. not to people I don't know. I think thinking about it, there was one, there was a WordCamp uh, Europe that we w- went to as part of the Delicious Brains company retreats in, in Vienna. Mm. And I do remember being in a room and it felt like a bit like speed dating where we had an, uh, a name label and we were just sort of, there was little uh, tables where people were just congregated around and then they were just moving around talking to people. And I think that was probably designed to be uh, a, an easier introduction for people just to just to, to get talking to people in a really low pressure situation, like two or three people, not big groups where you know mm. it's really hard to go in and just suddenly be part of that group that just doesn't really work so i think i think perhaps as word camps have gone on over time they perhaps got better at that stuff but mm. yeah I, I think that is the downside but i think that's that's a kind of a, a, a mountain you have to then climb to get over and then it's it gets easier because mm-hmm. the first one was hard the second one was easier the third one was much easier like and i now i don't even think about it do you know what i mean like mm. i think you it's it's part of it um but yeah, I think the only other downsides I think for me is is just the is perhaps balancing stuff because you go and you've got all these talks, you've got maybe a two day conference, two tracks per day. Um, there's lots to see uh, and lots to take in, but there's there's more just than the talks. It's seeing other people, chatting to people. Um, it's it's trying to do too much in a way. Like it's hard to it's hard to feel like you haven't missed stuff. I think, mm-hmm. um, but that. I think that's just the nature of, of a very uh, well-organized, packed um, two-day conference mm. that has had a lot of thought put into it. And, you, you know, there's a lot of value to be got there. So you, I guess you always think, have you got enough, you know? Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because <clears throat> the, way, the way I've discovered that I look at WordCamps now um, is obviously I have, I have this interesting experience where I've only been to the two local WordCamps in South Africa, and then WordCamp Europe. So I haven't experienced a local WordCamp in another city around the world. Um, I've experienced our local experience, which I'll get into in a second, was a certain way for a certain reason. And then going to WordCamp Europe in Belgrade for the first time, which was, you know, coming from a 300-person WordCamp to a 3,000-person WordCamp is quite a shift. Yeah, um, And so... One thing that I found that works well at breaking that ice is when the the attendee enters and the first area they go to is the sponsor area because people are generally hanging around the sponsor area looking at swag and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I found that quite interesting with, and this is not really, I can't really blame the organizers. It's more just about how the venue is laid out. But I found with, <clears throat> excuse me, with Belgrade, I'm, I'm using the two big international ones that I went to recently. In in Belgrade, you went in at the entrance and you went straight into where there were sponsors and people and you could start talking to people and people were hanging around and doing things. In Berlin, um, which was the last international one I went to, you first had to go through the hotel and kind of you're in the sort of hotel area. Uh, you were sort of going through the hotel restaurant, then past the bar. Then you got to, to where the registration was. Then you had to walk through a bit of other things and then only get to where 
the sponsor booth was right by the you know by the main speaking area. Yeah. So if you if you were if you were new, this was all very daunting. You you could see when I, I remember when I walked in there. Now I will admit, I was extremely hungover the first day of Berlin because I'd had the Codable dinner the night before. But <laughs> when I walked in, I could see the folks who knew each other because they were all hanging out in the bar and in the restaurant and they were chatting and we were all having a good time. And I could see the folks who were brand new because they were kind of standing either in small groups or on their own, and they weren't talking to anybody. Um, whereas when when after you register, if the first then logical place to go to is the sponsor area, at least you can do something. You can start looking at sponsor tables and you can start doing some kind of activity and then speaking and interacting to sponsors and kind of creates a bit of familiarity there. Um, so I, I do agree that as that first time person go, going to a WordCamp, the organizers, I think, can do a lot more at how thinking about, and I think, I think the organizers, and I'll speak about, you know, being an organizer in a second when we get to that point, but as an organizer, we forget what it's like that first time. Yeah. So we don't think about that first experience and it's almost like being a developer. We, 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 we don't think about that first user experience. We know how the software works. So when we start using it, we start using it. Yeah. And what you almost need is an outsider in your team. Or what I tend to do now is I get my wife involved and I say to my wife, if you were doing this coming here, what, what, what would your experience be like? Um, and then she gives me feedback and, and, you know, we go from there. So I think as the organizing team, they can do a lot there to kind of help, help that flow. Yeah. Um, I I think that's so true, isn't it? And the developer, um, comparison is such a good one because we just completely have a privilege of experience and knowledge that we mm -hmm. just take completely for granted. Um, I think, I do think what you just said about Berlin, because I remember that walking around there and it was so spaced out. And obviously that is just a, a, an issue part of being a massive WordCamp. So they have mm -hmm. a massive venue and therefore it is going to be bigger. But yeah, I, I wonder whether or not that the organizing team could could deploy a, t a tactical, very uh, extroverted person just to go and seek out those groups of individuals who are just stood mm -hmm. there who are obviously just taking it all in and, and not wanting to interact at this point because it's, you know, and just go and talk to these people. Just yeah. go and sort of, you know, have you met so-and-so? Do that yeah. kind of like, you throw Jenny Wong into the mix and just get her to go round and yeah. just for that, with that sole purpose to try and either just make somebody feel at ease and just have someone to talk to straight away and know a face yeah. or then just try and interact people together and just to, just to try and break that ice because... Yeah. Yeah, those people do just rock up, and I was one of them, where you just stand there and go, I'm just clutching my bag right now, and I'm looking around, and now I don't know what to do kind of thing. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe maybe that, maybe organizer groups have thought of that. You know, I can only speak for the work camps I've been to, but... Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess it's easy for us to to comment on it now, being the fact that there haven't been WordCamps for the last you know however long. They they might have already solved this problem, and and we're talking about something that was two years ago's problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I guess there's always going to be new people, and yeah, it needs to be continually thought about. And yeah. maybe going back to WordCamps after such a long break, people would yeah. forget, and you just think you're going back to seeing old friends. But there's going to be people who will have joined the community in this last two years and want to have their yeah. first meetup and their yeah. first taste of a WordCamp. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I keep I keep threatening and and so because of the pandemic and because of you know the fact that we haven't had WordCamps for so long, um, the next WordCamp we organise is probably going to need to be organised by somebody who kind of knows what they're doing because our process internally usually was to kind of train people up and you know new organisers and whatever else. 
But I keep threatening to say I'm going to organize a WordCamp once we can have WordCamps again. And day one is literally just going to be pitch up and how's everybody doing. We're not going to have any talks. We're not going to have. We're just going to stand around and catch up. For, you know the whole day. <laughs> yeah, just a, a glorified meetup, basically. <laughs> basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, so while we're on the topic of organizing and, and all of that, um, have you ever been involved in making a WordCamp happen, either as an organizer, a volunteer, a speaker, or a sponsor? No, I haven't. I, I think I think if I'd have stayed in London, I mean, I, I moved out of London a few years later after that first WordCamp. Uh, I think I would have quite liked to have been involved in organizing. I, I never um, got the chance to help organize or volunteer. I definitely considered speaking at one point. There was a period of time where I was... I felt like I wanted to speak and I ended up speaking at a local, it was like a local PHP meetup about codeception and automated testing. And I thought it wasn't too bad. Maybe I could try it on the WordCamp stage, but then I, I, yeah, it was too daunting really. And I just, I think I just ended up thinking the WordCamps we were going to go to were part of the Delicious Brains retreats. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to have that extra um, mm. thing to worry about. You know, you're going away for a company retreat meeting colleagues you're you know catching up you're meeting new colleagues you're also going to a word camp you're also doing this i didn't want to then have the extra pressure of being a speaker and like i would take that as pressure and it would be quite a lot a lot to do and and also going from talking to a a local php meetup to then sort of thinking i could speak at a word camp almost felt just it was too much like you know imposter syndrome is real i was like that's a word camp that's too that you know that's for the the drew james is the pippin williamson's the mark jaquist that's that's a different kettle of fish (laughs) so yeah i never i never got into that way the one thing i did do and similar i guess to you is i and talking about jenny wong again i spoke to her at word camp vienna i think it was at the after party and she was obviously heavily involved with human made and and helping Mm -hmm. organize and everything and i think it just talking to her just made me think I do need to try and do a bit more uh, and like in terms of the WordPress community like what can I give back and I got home and and looked at my local area which is at that point I moved to fr- from London to see if there's a WordPress meetup locally and a guy in my local town had just started one like a couple of months before so I got into in touch with him and started uh, going along and asking him if he needed help and then soon after he'd he, for personal circumstances, couldn't do it anymore. And I sort of took over and I was basically organising the, the local meetup uh, up until the pandemic, really. And we've just not, we've not gone, uh, we've not gone online and we've not opened it up since. Um, but that was, you know, a good few years of organising meetups, which is, you know, good and bad because it's a lot of work as well. Even, you know, a monthly meetup to try and get speakers, to try and organise the venues, to try and get food, sponsorship, and basically rock up every month mm. and be that person who mm. speaks to the new people. Like, and that, I found that quite hard to transition to. Um, mm. But yeah, we'll, so meetups. We'll get into online events in a second. Um, mm. But I'm glad you. I'm glad you mentioned that. I don't think a lot of people realize this. That organizing a monthly meetup, in my opinion, as someone who's done both, is more difficult than organizing a WordCamp. Number one, you have. If you do have sponsorship, you're lucky. But generally, you don't. Um, so, so, so we're very lucky. We had we had a dedicated sponsor uh, every every month. So we had a small sum of money that we could put towards venue and or food. Yeah. Um, but even organizing that sometimes is a bit difficult. 
then as you say, you've got to turn up. Now, you and I both have families. We both have wives. We both have children. Um, you know, taking taking a night off once a month is sometimes not always ideal, especially if it happens to be a night when one of the kids is sick or the wife is sick or whatever. Yeah. You know, and it's not you just can't... the night, is it? It's like, you know, go go when the kids have just come home from school or whatever and then go and organize the venue. And like, it's it's exactly. an afternoon onwards, isn't it? You know, exactly. So so in my, you know, when you're, when you're organizing a WordCamp, you have a team of people that are helping you to organize because it's a conference, it's you know, it's a, it's a once-off thing. You, it's easier to find sponsors because they're sponsoring one thing where there's going to be a whole bunch of people that are making a day of it or a weekend of it or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yes, I agree. Uh, meetups are definitely more difficult um, than than organizing WordCamp. On the flip side, though, you need to get a meetup going before you can have a local WordCamp. Generally, um, mm. one of the one of the guidelines of, of WordCamp Central is that you have to have a meetup that's had a few at least. I think it's six months of meetups. Uh, with you know ten to twenty people or whatever before you can then organize a WordCamp. Um, speaking of that, one one really cool um, success story that I remember is uh, Tabo from from Zimbabwe. He's now living. He lives in. He used to be in Harare. He now lives in Cape Town. But he organized um, the meetup in in Zimbabwe, and then organized his first WordCamp from there. Um, and he went old school. So he organized the 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 meetup and the WordCamp in the local library. So there's no cost there. Um, nice. and, and for the, for the meetups, he used just to tell people like, bring your own drinks and snacks, bring your own water or whatever. We've got a special room and it's fine. Um, and then for the, for the, for the word camp, he got, he got a sponsor, uh, for the food, but of, again, the venue was, was, you know, was, was sponsored by the library. So the, the point that I always try to say to people is we always, we go to these word camps and they're often, especially especially if you're living in somewhere like Cape Town where, you know, we'll get sponsorship dollars, which go a lot further locally than they might elsewhere. Um, so my first WordCamp was at a decent top tier venue. It had, it had a, it had a driving range where you could go knock a few balls in the breaks. Um, nice. It was a really, it was a really nice place. My kind of WordCamp, um, nice. Exactly. Um, there's a picture. There's a picture of me trying to hit a few balls when there was nobody else around because I didn't want to embarrass myself. Um <laughs> But uh, don't go to a WordCamp and then if you decide to start your own one, try and live up to that same standard. You know, don't go to WordCamp Berlin and then feel like you have to now do that level of WordCamp. Um, and, and that's actually one of my, I want to almost say complaints about a lot of WordCamps lately is they're almost trying to be bigger and better and they should really look at scaling down again, especially now coming out of the pandemic. Um, mm. we'll, we'll, I'd like to chat with you about online WordCamps in a second, but now that we're moving back to possibly having in-person, you know, meetups and WordCamps, start small again. I mean, if you think about the first, the first meeting that could be considered a WordCamp back when WordPress was first, you know, launched back in the day, was like Matt and a couple of people at a bar, um, yeah. and they got together with their laptops and they helped each other install, and that was it. You know, we need to we need to think about moving back to that kind of routine and then slowly build up from there. Yeah, um, yeah. I I do agree, and. Uh, the work camps that I've been to in the past, obviously pre-pandemic, I've been to like the work camp Europe's, the, the big ones. I've been to London and we went to work camp Miami as part of the first Delicious Brains retreat in 2015, which I think that was almost like pre a work camp US. So Miami was one of the biggest. So I was kind of spoiled by the, the work camps I was going to. And then it so happened there was a word camp, word camp every year in Brighton uh, you know, city on the south south of uh, England that some people I had got to know were going there, and it was like a you know two hour drive from me, and it 
it was somewhere I thought, oh, well, let, let's go and let's go and see what that WordCamp's like and meet up with some friends, kind of thing. And it was a much smaller WordCamp than London, um, but actually, it was one of the best WordCamps I've been to. And I went, I went two years in a row because it was just so good. And it was smaller, it was more compact, it was it was well organised. The people were great, the talks were good, but it had that small feel to it mm-hmm. in a good way. Um, and it's yeah, WordCamp Brighton, the first one I went to, was definitely one of my favourite WordCamps ever. Um, so yeah, there, there's definitely a, a case to be made for going small, keeping keeping it. You know, it wasn't it wasn't tiny, but it was compared to the big ones, it was mm. of a small size. But I think that really goes in in its favour because, again, you, going back to the idea of somebody who goes in for the first time, if you go into a room that's cavernous with thousands of people and you don't know anyone, how hard is that to try and get on board with? Whereas if you go into a room that's got you know the the swag sponsor area has maybe got sort of 40 people, 50 people dotted around and then there's some other people somewhere else. It's so much more accessible. Mm. Um, so, yeah, maybe if, if you're thinking of going to a WordCamp, just going back to that point, go to a local one first, go to a small one, um, kind of get into it that way. Um, it's probably and the then, best and way. And you have some friends to go with when you go to the big one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, so we, we mentioned online WordCamps a few times now. Um, you know, the pandemic is a reality. We've had it for the last two years. The WordCamp program moved online. Um, Ian, how many online WordCamps did you go to? Mm, zero. <laughs> I've been to zero online things since the pandemic started. I mean, you know, you've got to put it down to the first reason is like nobody was, I, well, I wasn't caring about online, doing online things, educational learning community like we were all surviving during the work during the pandemic uh and yeah so there was no way i was gonna take extra time but the the big thing for me is the virtual has never been a, a thing to go to want to do because i sit at home you know five days a week working remotely with people that i only communicate via online like the benefits of word camps being in person that's the benefit for me. Um, you know, the, the talks and the information and the, and the value is is a byproduct. But being going to something in person, like I've worked remotely since 2013, you need that kind of stuff. An online conference is just, I don't know, like this This is just my opinion. And, you know, people, other people probably have had great value and, and enjoyment from going to them or organizing them. But, you know, I could learn that stuff from an online resource at my leisure if I want to if I so want to like I can't you can't re- recreate the in-personness of things so yeah I I just completely ignored it and and actually when we were talking about the meetups I know a number of the UK sort of WordPress meetups around the country really put in a lot of effort and you know props to them for doing it to try and organize an, an online version of their meetup so people could still meet, you know, exchange information. Because the, the local meetups are, I find, much more about, like, their Q&A. People go because they've just found WordPress. They're not maybe the, the best of developers or they're, they're, they're trying to build sites for themselves or friends, and they need help with stuff. So they go and they ask questions and they get answers from other people who are there to share their knowledge, which is great. So the lack of WordPress meetups for them has been harder. So I, I really... I'm. It, I love the fact that local meetups have gone online. But personally, I've, I've not taken my local one online. I've just not had the energy 
uh, to do it, you know. Mm. What about you? Have you done any? No, exactly the same. Uh, pretty much. I mean, I, I've applied, not applied. Um, I've I've registered for a couple of online events. Um, f- for me, so locally, the timing of the pandemic and the timing of of our organized local organizing team was was not so great. Uh, what, what had happened was Hugh had organized WordCamp. That twenty fifteen was his last year of, year of organizing because you're only supposed to organize two in a row and then take a break because otherwise people can get burnt out because you are doing it as a volunteer. Yeah. So that was his last year of actually his third year. <clears throat> he kind of cheated because he knew people and nobody else was available. And then another chap in the local community was going to organize for two years. And then I'd apply to organize after that. Um, so during my two year stint, I was kind of, you're kind of uh, suggested by WordCamp Central to find people in your local community that sign up to join the organizing team that you think would be able to to lead the organizing team after you. And then actually mentor them and kind of give them advice and make them part of the process. So I'd actually already done that. I, I, in, in the first year of organizing, there was a chap who was, who was leading our volunteer team who was amazing. I mean, I just knew if I gave him, if I said to him, Bruce, I can't come in, I can't come to WordCamp on Friday. Can you take over? He would have been amazing at it. So I started chatting to him and he was keen. So when I organized the second year, he was part of that process and he was part of my chats with WordCamp Central and he was going to organize the following year, which he then did. And and in his year, we 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 looked at people in the organizing team, and there was a, there was a lady who was keen, and we started chatting to her, and so we kind of set this up. So he was going to do his second year, she was going to do the two years after that. At the same time, I also decided after a conversation I'd had at at his first um, WordCamp with somebody, where they they made a statement to me about um, you just because they asked me like when did I get involved with WordPress and whatever, and I told them the same story I just told you, and this was in twenty eighteen. Um, and the chap said to me in a joking fashion, he said, oh yeah, you just, you join, you join WordPress and then you just take over the community. Mm. And, and he meant it as a joke, but the reality was I was the face of the community because I was managing the meetup. I was organizing the WordCamps. I was speaking at the WordCamps. I was, as, as you are, when I know people are very chatty and I realized that that's not the way it should be. It shouldn't be Jonathan's community. It should be the community's community. So I wanted to really make sure that other people were leading. So I decided I was going to step down from organizing the meetup as well and let Bruce and Kim take that over as well, which they were keen to do as well. So we be a brand new leadership team. I would be there to, to help them and mentor and you know, help with questions and answers as needed, but it would be a new, fresh team. Then the pandemic happened um, and Bruce's job shifted. So, so Bruce's job at that time was actually to be paid. He was a, it was a paid organizer of another tech community locally. Um, oh. And because of the pandemic, his job just ramped up because suddenly this community had to go online. Um, it wasn't like the WordPress community. It was all volunteer. To join this community, you paid a fee. Uh, it was like a startup founder type community. And because of the pandemic, suddenly their numbers were swelling because everybody was wanting to join this community. So his job just ramped up like crazy. Great for him. Not great for his time to volunteer to, watch the, community, to the WordPress community. Um, and then at the same time as that, Kim also, her boyfriend moved and she moved with him. So, so everybody just left. So the local organizing team just fell apart. Oh, no. Is it back to the um, Jonathan show? Is that so what you're going to say? Yeah. So, it's, what, so, so it wasn't a case of we didn't want to organize things. There was just nobody around to do it. And as, as, as you were, I was just worried about myself, my family. Are we okay? Are we getting through this? You know, we were moving house at the time. It was a whole thing. Um, so we haven't organized anything, not, not for lack of trying. We haven't even been able to try. Um, 
So I've been, I've been now that things are kind of slowing down a bit. I've been reaching out and trying to put together another team, which I've started doing, and we're starting to organize, organize a few, a few meetups and a few online things. I registered for a couple of online WordCamps, um, but because they weren't local, it was always a time delay thing. So it was either a US-based one, which started halfway through my day, or it was you know whatever. I registered for the last online um, uh, WordCamp Europe, um, and and I, I think. I think like you, I'm also a person who works remotely in a team and have done since 2016. So I don't need more remote, you know, situations and remote or whatever. I need those in-person yeah. meetups. I think the people that would benefit from the online events are those who are working alone, who don't work in a team. Maybe they're, you know, freelancers, solopreneurs, whatever. They they need interaction with their community. And for them, online is fine because they don't they don't already have an online community they talk to every day. Um, so, so I do see the benefit for those folks, but for me, it was just like, I got, I, I tried the first one and, and it's also the, the thing of when I'm sitting physically in a talk and I'm paying attention to the speaker, then I can pay attention to the speaker. When I'm sitting at home in my desk, there's another tab open and yeah. it might have Twitter or it might have YouTube. And if I get distracted, I can look over there and I can click around. Whereas in a, in a talk, I can't, in a talk, I'm focused. Exactly. You check your emails and something comes up and you need to firefight. Like it's, exactly. Yeah, it's not the same. And you don't you don't feel like you can take the time off either. You don't feel like you can say to yourself, look, I'm going to take this time off because you are sitting at your desk. So you kind of feel like, well, I could. And that's probably the problem. You sh- you probably shouldn't say, well, I could work at the same time. You, you should probably book the time off. Um, yeah. But it just it just feels weird to be sitting in front of my workstation, you know, um, being, being in a conference. <laughs> yeah. So I think that I think that you and I at least are looking forward to to going back to meetups, going back to WordCamps. Um, I'd like to talk now to somebody who's listening to this who who is considering going to their first WordCamp, maybe. Maybe they've joined the community during the pandemic because the pandemic forced them to learn or got them into learning Word, WordPress. They've discovered this concept of a WordCamp. They want to know if there's value for them. Why should they go? We've kind of spoken about all of it, but as an individual, as if you went, if you could go back in time to to Ian that 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 week that he was deciding to go to WordCamp London for the first time, what advice would you give him? What what would you say to him to kind of help him make that decision and help him have a great first experience? Yeah, I think it would be uh, sort of similar to the things we said before that it is worth going. Like the and the reasons are that you're going to get information that you aren't necessarily gonna like in terms of the talks in terms of the the sort of the educational aspect of it and getting information from people who are imparting knowledge on various um different subjects you're going to get that knowledge that you wouldn't have got in the first place you're not going to go and seek out uh that that information uh there's going to be talks that you would never have maybe thought that would be valuable to you but when you go you listen to them and they are completely valuable. Like even even if you look at the talk, um, the the titles of the talks and think, wow, I'm a developer, that's not up my street, that's a, something about colours or whatever or colour theory and uh, I'm not designed. But actually, if you go to that talk, and this is, this is from personal experience, that's a very interesting talk. And so you're kind of going to get, um, you're going to get information by just sitting there and listening that you wouldn't get before. Um and that's just the talks like 
the the rest of it that we talked about the networking the meeting people the creating friendships creating becoming part of the community um is is completely worthwhile i think yeah if you're considering going to a, a word camp soon and now the pandemic is sort of you know hopefully on the wane then definitely definitely do it um yeah I, I, and i think this, for, for me it's it, this the question applies to me even at, like after having gone to word camps you know year on year or many years and many word camps i feel like that still applies like i want to go to another word camp when it's available i want to go and see people chat to people um i want to go i do want to go to talks as well like a, as much as we've just been talking about the online stuff i i still see the value in going to a talk that you know i just want to go and see hear that person speak or hear that that person's experiences mm. and or it's a topic i'm interested in or you know it's just something that actually the people i'm with are going to go to that talk and i'll come along and and suddenly get some real good um nuggets of information or yeah whatever i'm, I'm still keen now like so I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that because that reminds me of a story. Um, so you'll appreciate this as a, as a fellow PHP Storm user. Um, the second WordCamp that I went to, I had just switched over to using PHP Storm, and because I was because I was a developer, I was going to the developer track on on day one, and one of the talks was about using the settings and the options API, which I I knew that I already knew this information because it was an introduction on how to use the settings API and the options API to create settings pages, which I'd already done before. But the speaker was using PHP Storm in his, so he was literally live coding the whole thing. He had a few notes on his phone, but he was pretty much live coding it from scratch. He's, a, he's an experienced contributor, so he's done this many times. He doesn't have to look up the docs. I learned more about PHP Storm from that talk <laughs> yeah. because of the things that he was doing. And I was like, oh, what's that? And then I went up to him afterwards and I said, can you show me that? Can you show me that? And so I went home with PHP Storm knowledge that I wouldn't have gotten anywhere else because I went to a talk about a topic that I already knew. Um, so just the, the, what you say, those little nuggets of people's experiences and the tools that they use can sometimes give you more value than the talk itself. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. But I think also it, you do go into uh, conferences potentially and look at the talk list and you make preconceived um, ideas around, well, I'm not going to go and look at that talk because like, it's around a development environment and I'm, I'm secure in the development environment I'm using. I, like, I'm, I'm happy using MAMP. Why wouldn't I change? And then I went to see somebody talk about Valet and Valet Plus and using, like, amazing CLI stuff to manage this local, and now I'm a Valet Plus user. Like, <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that you just... You, you've got to go open. You've got have to have an open mind. You've got to have an open... You know, you have to be open to talking to people and mm -hmm. open to listening, I think, mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And then and then from the point of view of a company, now, you know, you and I have both worked for companies that actually plan their retreats around a WordCamp. Um, do you think there's value for the company to attend the WordCamps? Or do you think it's just a do you think it's just a handy event to plan a retreat around? I, I think there's a lot of value, to be honest. I think I mean we've we've kind of gone up and down with it from a delicious brains point of view like the the first ever company retreat we did was in Miami that I mentioned before, and we did it around WordCamp Miami. And I don't think that was that was there was any more thought there just apart from it would be kind of a good thing to hook the retreat around. Um and it was difficult because we went and we didn't really know each other. So we were stood in a group in a WordCamp 
where we weren't, you know, didn't know each other. So it was like doubly awkward at one point. Because you were in a group, nobody was coming up to you either. So they figured these guys know each other. (laughs) It was so weird. And I remember we went to the pre-party or the pre-whatever it was, the pre-meetup that was run by David Bissett in Miami. And there was like me and some of the UK folks of the Delicious Brains team. And we just stood there going... Well, this is awkward. Like, you know, the British humour is just like, this is completely, <laughs> like, weird. Um, so that, that yeah, it, and it, I don't think it, I think we sponsored it, actually. Delicious Brain sponsored the uh, the WordCamp. Although I don't think that was perhaps the, the, the return on investment that you think it's going to be in terms of a sponsorship. I think you, you're there to sort of give back mm. and to help. Um, and I think after the Miami one, what did we do? We then went to WordCamp Europe in vienna which was good uh there was a little bit more sort of i guess engagement from the team and we went there we did we went to talks and but i think it was it was completely marred by the fact that and marred is not the right word because so basically it was roasting hot in vienna the the airbnb that we got the apartment was um was actually air conditioned but nowhere else seemed to be so the venue wasn't uh, uh the big hallways weren't like the, the all of the sort of the conferency areas were roasting hot they had like i think it was in a museum and they had to have like mobile aircon units that were doing nothing but just just outside of the venue was a really nice courtyard and it had a really nice bar at, outdoors with big umbrellas so you could get shade and you could get cold beer and that that kind of distracted the team a little bit i think from going inside a boiling hot conference rooms <laughs> so yeah and i think after that we just thought do you know what maybe maybe doing a retreat we could do a retreat differently and not be around a word camp and we ended up going to nova scotia doing some stuff and we've we've done other ones but then i think we ended up maybe it was a long time when spin up came along where we thought yeah. do you know what we're probably missing a trick here this is we we build wordpress plugins we are part of the community we're also building uh, a hosting um app for wordpress sites so we have these are these are our users like mm-hmm. the, the it seems silly not to go uh, and i was definitely a big proponent for going back to the com- company retreat via a word around a wordcamp because I, I have always had, like we've just spoken about, a good experience with WordCamps. So mm. I didn't see why the two shouldn't go together. And if we're going to sponsor or if we're going to go and talk to users, like, and it has proved useful. So we went back to Berlin uh, as WordCamp Europe. And I think that was the returning one. And and we, I think everybody really enjoyed it and we found it useful. Um, we spoke to users from a plugin point of view. We spoke to uh, other companies that were doing like there was integration, but we spoke to the Amazon light sale people that had a, an effect on offload media from the plugin point of view. Like Jonesy had a really good conversation about integration with them. We spoke to users. We spoke to people around spin up. The team have gone out to WordCamp US since and, you know, pre pandemic to do sponsorship and to do actually to have a booth and have a presence. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it, it seems silly not to be part of it from a company point of view, because it's your, it's your customers. It's your, right. Uh, it, and it's not just your customers. Obviously, it's a bit of a that's that's a, it's a small subset because you know people from around the world who don't go to WordCamps buy the plugins and use it. But they're your they're almost the ideal customers because they will give you the feedback. They're technical, perhaps they know problems that they've come across. They can you know then give you really good insights. Mm. So I think 
Yeah. I always, yeah, going, I always think about uh, people that go to WordCamps, especially those that go regularly that, that are your customers. They're almost like a good example of great brand ambassadors because they're going to come to you with the problems. And if you can fix those problems, then they're going to go and talk about it to their timeline and their communities and, and all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but I think, and I think going back to the value there, as an attendee, just non-company related or going as a company, the hallway track, which is, you know, in air quotes, the hallway track, which is the kind of the in-between talks, the bit where you just chat to people in the hallway or you chat to people at lunch or whatever, that side of it is massive. I think that's where, you know, you can you can build relationships and improve. Um, you know, if you're a solo developer, you might find a job. You might find, you know, you know the freelancers can meet up and um, or you might, I don't know. It, it, it's also, I guess, from our point of view as Delicious Brains, if you're ever hiring you know and you've gone to a WordCamp and you've chatted to people and you've you've kind of come across well and people know the delicious brain's name or they know your company name it kind of all it it, it helps you in, it stands you in good stead because as soon as you post a job advert and it's maybe, maybe harder now with pandemic and the everybody's remote but you know, people will go, oh, well, that seemed like a cool company. I saw them at a WordCamp. They were a sponsor booth or I spoke to them. So, yeah, I, I honestly don't think there's there's any downsides to going uh, as both an attendee or a, or a company. Excellent. Yeah, I, I've often wondered, you know, one of the things that I wanted to ask you and I'll, and I'll ask you now is whether you think WordCamps have sort of an upper limit of value. Um, I, think, I think that depending on who you are as a person, it does get to a point where the talks themselves, and also I think it depends on the event. So if you know that the talk's going to be uploaded to WordPress.tv later anyway, you can always yeah. go and catch the ones that you want to catch anyway. Um, for me, I definitely got to a point where there was sort of an upper limit of almost knowledge that I could successfully gain from, from the WordCamp, but I got a, I still continue to get value with the meeting of the people, getting to know people. Yes. Um, yeah. you know, for example, I'll use a personal story. Being able to meet you, I think it was Pete, Brad, uh, Ash, I think it was the four of you um, at that WP Engine party made it a lot easier for me when, when, I, when I ran into problems with that Ninja Forms plugin or Ash's async task uh, repo to then reach out and ask questions because I'd already met you and I already knew you. And then, and then when I got to the point of applying for the position at Delicious Brains, I already knew a bunch of people at the company. So from a, from a personal point of view, it definitely made it easier for me being interactive with all these different names. And then on the company side, you know, as you say, you guys got to know me. So when I applied, it was probably easier for you to go, oh, yes, we know this person and we know where he comes from and we know what he does. And so it's easier for you to get a picture of, of who this application is. So for for me, it's you know the WordCamp has become less about the talks and more about the meeting of the people, more about the community, more about just and you mentioned this right at the beginning, sort of cultivating those that network and cultivating those relationships. Um, yeah. I've had I've had some amazing talks with people about various aspects of life outside of WordPress um, at 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 conferences, just about you know life. I, I had a conversation once with with uh, uh, Remkus de Fris. Um, when we were in Belgrade, I don't know if you if you heard the story, but at the Contributor Day, the Wi-Fi went down, um, and and you know Contributor Day, you need internet, <laughs> and and he was he was organizing the day, and he was just so non-flustered about this whole thing, um, and I went up to him and I said to him, "You're handling this all so well. If it was me, I'd be freaking out." And he said to me, "Well, what would be the point of me freaking out? That's not going to make the Wi-Fi come back." 
And I was like, whoa, I never thought about it that way. You know, mm. if, if he starts freaking out, it's not going to fix things. So he needs to stay calm so that he can keep everybody else calm. Um, yeah. So I learned a life lesson from that day, you know, just, just by being in, in that event. So, so yeah, it definitely yeah. reaches a point where you get, you start getting from the people as opposed to the, 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 the technical parts of it. Yeah. I think that, that does, that idea that you know the talks perhaps become less important from the value add over time the more you go to these you know word camps the less perhaps you get that but the more you get with the community the more you get with the people like you said the thing is the the thing i always think and you know it, it it's incredible that when you if you're ever considering another tech conference and you think is it going to be valuable enough for me to drop like hundreds or thousands of dollars on a ticket the WordCamp ticket is like 25 bucks. It's ridiculously cheap. Or, so, you know, depending on where you are in the world. And But that is still an extremely um, inexpensive way to go and meet folks and to go and get information. So I think if you're, I, I think it's almost the wrong question to ask if, like, it doesn't have an upper limit of value because there is almost no cost associated to it when obviously you've got to travel there. It depends where it is and it depends what, what time of the week it is and, and, and how you're going to, you know, get there, stay there and, and, and the impact and perhaps on your family or your work life or whatever. But it's still, it's still extremely uh, cost effective in, mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, what you can get from it. Um, but I do know what you mean. I, I've definitely gone to work camps where I've thought, yeah, maybe these, these talks aren't, aren't, what I want from this WordCamp. But then I understand that the WordCamp is not organizing its talk schedule around my needs. Like there is a, and, and I'm not just saying that to be funny because there is such a wide variety of people that mm-hmm. go to a WordCamp. Into, and it's exactly the same from a meetup point of view. And I learned that quite early on from trying to organize the meetup and trying to uh, get talks that I was getting talks for people for, of people that I would find interesting. Mm-hmm. And then that would be completely wrong for the audience that would be there at the meetup. Uh, you have to kind of, you have to try and cater for everybody, which is why places have, you know, multiple tracks of talks where they might have a marketing track or a general track or a developer track um, and, and try and try and cater for like a really big spectrum of, mm. of experience and skills and knowledge and, and different types of roles that people have when they go to WordCamps. Um, but I, d- I, I do know that, you know, from a, being Delicious Brains, who are a developer-focused company, so we're you know we're mostly all developers. We are building developer-focused plugins and tools. We've we've felt sometimes that you know the the sort of level of topics has fallen short, perhaps of what we'd want to see. And mm-hmm. so yeah, maybe we aren't the best um, sort of target market for it. But and, and we've definitely discussed like could could develop could work camps be better for developers could there be more developer focused content uh could there be more in-depth talks and could they be you know and i i've gone back and forth on this because i've definitely been to them and thought that was probably not didn't go into enough detail for me i would have liked a bit more stuff but then i've also gone to like, i don't know if you remember this when the rest api was in its you know, it hadn't been merged into core, but it was becoming this big thing. And Human Made put on a on a, a conference. It was like a maybe a one day. It was called a Day of Rest in London, and we went to it. I think it was me, Ash, and Gilbert, and maybe Jonesy. Maybe just yeah, anyway. It was it it promised to be like a really good developer focused sort of conference that would really get into the nitty gritty of of stuff. And I'm not sure. 
I can't remember how d- deep they went into things, but I certainly felt almost exhausted by the end of it because it was too much. Like, mm. and it was, I, I almost pined for the the low stress of the word camp because it, I, I think it's quite hard to do, you know, deep learning on technical subjects where you perhaps need to do a workshop and go into things and, and display and do a sort of a demo. You can't do that in a conference setting where you've got a big a big uh, load of people. Mm. So as much as I think sometimes you feel like developer talks in Word, Word Camps aren't, they don't, they don't meet your mark, I, I almost think it's an impossible situation and it's not it's something that can't be solved and and i just think most of the time i've just i've not given up on it but i've just resigned myself to the fact that i'm not going to go and get those high level Mm. or sorry very deep technical things in a word camp and i'm okay with that you know yeah it it definitely is an interesting uh, problem to tackle you know as somebody who's organized a couple of word camps you you have to try and balance for every type of of person and you know I, so I ended up, I was lead organizer for two years and then I was part of the organizing team for the third year. So I've been part of the organizing team for three years in a row. And you start you start with, okay, we're going to do a developer-focused track and we're going to do a builder-focused track. And then at the end of every WordCamp, you send out um, an email to the attendees asking for feedback. And so you get, oh, there weren't enough in-depth developer talks or there weren't enough beginner talks. So you go, okay, next year, let's do three. Let's do a beginner track, for want of a better word, intermediate, and for want of a better word, developer-focused. So you do that. Then you get, there were too many talks to attend. So so you you, you can't, you know, you can't solve everybody. Um, And and that's why one of the things that I love is that if a WordCamp, and I would almost say to people who are organizing WordCamps, who want to organize WordCamps, who want to organize meetups, if you have the budget or if you have if you're getting sponsorship try and make sure that you've allocated budget to re- record your talks because i have definitely found when it comes to the international word camps that i've been to to the two word camp europe's being able to attend the workshops or talks that i wanted to attend online afterwards has been more beneficial for me than being inside that talk so i've sat in the talk and I've listened to it and I've taken some of it in and then I've gone back home. So the one was the um, dependency injection uh, work- workshop that Elaine Schlesher presented. Um, I was in that workshop. I worked through it as much as I could, got stuck and went, it's okay. When I got home, went and found the video online, went to find the GitHub repository, worked through it in my own time. Because the problem with sitting in a talk or a workshop is people work at different paces. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember giving a workshop in Berlin um, about the HTTP API. And I had four or five people come up to me afterwards with different problems that I hadn't thought of because they're new to this. So now either I've got to sit there and try and figure out each one of their problems or I've got to try and guide them. Now, if you have you know, a big room, I had a very small workshop. I had maybe 30 people. If you're presenting to 50 to 100 people and you have 10% of those with problems, you're going to run into a lot of, a lot of issues. So... So I always say to to folks who are organizing a WordCamp, if we can, we must try as much as possible. Like I'd I'd rather put that budget towards recording those those talks than having an amazing after party, um, because the after party is great and all, and it's fun, but the the value to the attendees would be the ability to go online afterwards and watch those talks and see those things and work through it at the time that they do. 
Um, so that would be my piece of advice to, to folks attending WordCamps. If you can, watch the videos afterwards. So I think we could we could talk about that whole topic and we could carry on talking about this forever, but you know, I don't want to keep you for too long. Um, Ian, any anything else you want to add just as a, as a final wrap-up um, regarding to WordCamps? No, I mean, I, I'm just... Yeah, it's been fun chatting. I, and it's nice talking about our experiences and, and sort of bringing it back and because it's been almost like a two-year, you know, memory suppressed because I don't want to think about the lack of things that we can do. But now we're sort of talking about WordCamps, like we've got Word, WordCamp Europe in Porto in the summer, which we are in draft planning to go as a company retreat. I guess it's best to caveat it like that. I mean, you know, travel is difficult still potentially for people and you know i think all being well no no other variant comes along uh and and scuppers plans that's that's what we're aiming for and i'm really looking forward to going back to WordCamps. like i am um, you know and obviously that's going to be an overreaction due to the pandemic like probably the last WordCamp i went to before all this happened i was like oh, oh yeah that was a bit you know i'm a, I'm a bit done with going to WordCamps for a while but now i'm like i'm straight back in it i want to see people and Kid in the candy want, shop yeah exactly it'll be so nice to sort of get to know folks again and 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 see the team as well and um so yeah i i'm definitely um pro word camps and and looking forward to getting back into it um i'm sure you know first one back i'll probably have some complaints or something but then there won't be but you know but no i can see i can see you sitting in every single talk just taking it all in <laughs> yeah or in every single bar just chatting to people all that <laughs> yeah. absolutely absolutely yeah. yeah it's 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 been an interesting two years i mean for me i'm I'm not a very social person but you know word camps and meetups were the one time that i kind of got together with my people and we kind of hang out and we spoke about nerdy things so i definitely have missed that um so i'm looking forward to you know the, the first time we can have meetups again and the first word camps we can have um our our first possible in-person event might actually be a do action hackathon um and i and i nice. kind of want to i want to use that as a bit of a kickstart to the local community and then meetups from there but uh, yeah it's 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 going to be interesting you know if it, I, at this stage according to the website that i'm following i'm not going to be able to just easily travel to portugal yet but we'll see what happens closer to the time but yeah i'm also looking forward to i th- i think i think when i if if we go as a team and if i end up you know being able to go i think i'm just going to stand there in the entrance hall for like 5 minutes and just take it all in <laughs> Yeah, and then Jenny Wong will come up and go, "Hi, have you met so and so?" Because you know, I don't want you to be. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Uh, if you listen, to Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Yeah. Hi, Jenny. <laughs> I love the but, fact that yeah. we both have experiences with Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's great. But she no, is. yeah, I think, and I, if anyone is going to listen to this, the podcast, and like, are they thinking of going to word camps? You know, how are they feeling post pandemic? Are they excited? Are there any? You know. I don't know what what are they looking forward to or what are they potentially concerned about uh, in a general WordCamp or post-pandemic WordCamp scenario. But yeah, it'd be interesting to hear from people on on their thoughts as well because obviously we've we've gone on a while. But absolutely. Well, if you are listening to this and you want to get hold of Ian and myself online, Ian, where can people find you on on the internet? Uh, I best place is. Uh, Paul Web is my handle on Twitter, which we'll put in the show notes. And yeah, that's probably the best place to converse. And, cool. yeah. and if you want to, yeah, if you want to find me, I'm John underscore Bassinger on Twitter. Um, yeah, hit us up, let us know, give us your thoughts on Word, WordPresses and WordCamps and WordPresses, WordCamps and meetups and all that kind of thing. Ian, it's been amazing chatting to you as always. Uh, I'll, say, I'll hopefully see you at WordCamp. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. See you soon, mate. Cheers. <laughs>